Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! Let's hit the waiver wire. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and T. Welcome to the waiver wire show. It is Tuesday. It is November 12th. I am Adam Azer with Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg. And i like to ask you guys at the start of the waiver wire show, how is the waiver wire this week? What do we think? Uh, it should be fun. Should be interesting. Yeah. There, there's uh, four teams on a bye. You know, some big injuries that could result in some players that have an opportunity to help you this week. So it's not bad. I definitely think it's good. There's stash candidates. There's players you can put in your lineup right away. There's there's a lot of wholesome, yummy goodness mm. on good. the waiver wire. If it were a breakfast cereal, it would be Cheerios. Oh gosh. That it's like a boring, like the most bland way. That's a terrible analogy. Wow. But it's wholesome. It's good. It will help you. So it would be raisin like Cheerios brand. prevents heart attacks or something. At least you didn't like say that. crackling Oprah, and then it would be terrible. <laughs> well, crackling Oprah is like, you know, fun, exciting cereal. Oh, Cheerios. It's so fun. Oh, it's such a great waiver wire. It's Cheerios. Well, if, there's, if, it's, if it's a flavored Cheerios, then it's fine. I guess it's Honey Nut Cheerios. Which flavor? There honey we go. Nut, honey, honey Nut, nut Cheerios. Cheerios. Is that better for you? Everybody loves. I don't honey know if nut that's as good for your for your fantasy lineup as regular Cheerios, though. Might but have too much sugar in it. Clearly, a top three cereal overall. So uh, Brian Hill is going to be a very popular one. And you know, something Dave said is very important right now. You got to look at your record, and you got to be thinking about what do I need? Do I need someone for this week? If you don't need someone for this week, do you ignore someone like Brian Hill, Devonte Freeman? It seems like two weeks is a realistic timetable. I mean, they him. could they could shut him down though. It could. Yep. So, so is, does that mean Brian Hill is a must-add basically across all leagues? I, I always look at it this way. Like, if I have the opportunity to pick up somebody who can be serviceable, not just for me, but for somebody else, I don't want somebody else to get them. Now, yeah. is he that guy? I don't, I don't necessarily think so, but he's got the chance to start this week in a good matchup against the Panthers. So I would rather not have somebody beat me with that guy. If he were a serial, <laughs> not. I was going to say... Grape nut, but no one likes grape nuts. You know, he's got an interesting We'll, we'll matchup. come up with a grape nuts guy later on. It's not Brian I've never Hill. had grape, so come up with a better one. Don't come do it. Don't do cereal. it. Um, he's got an interesting matchup, Brian Hill. He's 2% only at 20 carries last week. He had a touchdown catch, his only catch of the game. The Panthers give up the second most fantasy points to running backs, five yards per carry to running backs, but they allow the fewest receiving yards per game to running backs. And that's pretty much the only thing the Falcons running backs are good at. Uh, they can't run the ball. Maybe they can against the Falcons. But obviously, you know, the work should be there. He's got the Fal- the uh, sorry against the Panthers. He's got the Panthers this week and the Bucks next week. And then the Saints. He gets the Panthers twice, and that's really the only good matchups right now Yeah, on his schedule. Sure. I, I will say this. If you just take the receiving touchdown and put the in his rushing numbers, like if he ran for a score, I think that's what he could end up doing this week, like 60 yards and a touchdown mm-hmm. on the ground. Sure. All right, and uh, it, we'll look at some other good matchups. The tight ends this week, some of them are highly on some not very good matchups. So that is like Honey Nut Cheerios 
with some sliced banana, which is wonderful. Uh, so if Brian Hill is the top overall priority, I assume. But if not him, who else? Who are the top few, just any position, overall priorities on waivers this week? I mean, Debo Samuel now, if Emmanuel Sanders is out with the rib injury. Um, I think Kyle Allen at the quarterback spot, just given the matchup against Atlanta. Now, maybe their defense turned the corner with the different coaching situation that is happening, different people calling plays for the Falcons. But I still think you look at the body of work for Atlanta's defense, and Kyle Allen has an opportunity to be a good streamer this week. And then the tight ends, like you said, Adam, they're interesting, but I had a hard time picking the best one because if this is the turning point for O.J. Howard, you want to buy into that. But it could have just been it's the Cardinals, but it was the most routes he's run. It's the most snaps that he's played. And, you know, again, the hope would be is that the talent finally is going to start to shine through. He's at the top of my tight end list because there really isn't anybody else out there that well, I'm Darren excited Fels. about. Darren Fels. He's I mean, got the, he's, the Ravens. This sure. Week, though. But they I'd, rather, up, I'd rather take the chance on OJ. I, I'm with you, but they did just give up a touchdown to Eifert. And, you know, I think what they did, at least uh, in, in terms of defending the Bengals, putting Brandon Carr on, on Eifert, you know, that's something I think that the Texans could potentially exploit, just a big body, you know, figure in, in Fels. Sure. Well, how sure. about how but, about Gerald Everett though? I mean, he's uh, he's sixty nine percent owned, so a little bit more owned than usual. But he does have pretty good matchups going forward. This week's matchup is an interesting one. The Bears are not great against tight ends, but it's not always a tight end you think that that beats them. But four of Gerald Everett's next five games are against teams that are that are bottom ten against tight ends. So top ten sure. matchups. Four of his next absolutely five games. could look for him, and he had twelve yep. targets last week. Um, all right, so so Kyle Allen, a quarterback, Brian Hill, Debo Samuel. Uh, the Jets have great matchups com- going forward. In fact, Washington this week might be one of their toughest matchups going forward. Um, other guys with good matchups. Well, they're going to the playoffs, didn't you hear? What a ridiculous... I mean, Sam Darnold said, if we win out, we're going to be in the playoff mix or something like that, paraphrasing. Well, he said he said wow. we're, still, we're still in the playoff mix. So uh, I had a conversation with... Brady Quinn about this yesterday and he said, you know, to play in the NFL, you got to be a little crazy. And maybe he's a little crazy. <laughs> um he sees ghosts. What, I think he's a little crazy. What what is he supposed to say? Yeah, our season's over. Let's get ready for 2020. Nah, I mean, I know. I'm just yeah. teasing. But but it was a funny comment. Um Derek yep. Carr has has good matchups. Got the Bengals this week and the Jets next week and then the Chiefs. He's 80% owned. Yeah, if you go if you go above the number we typically talk about, there's some better options. You know, I think Will Fuller is worth buying back into just to see what happens with him coming off the injury and their bye week that he's healthy. Um, now Josh Gordon, you know, if Tyler Lockett's injury is serious, uh, maybe he, you know, helps the Seahawks passing game. He's certainly worth buying into, even though they're on a bye. Jacob Hollister, even with uh, the Seahawks on a bye, has, you know, clearly um, stepped up his game the last two weeks and they've been searching for a Will Disley replacement. So there there are guys that are either available to you that you may not have to play this week or that are above the number that we talk about. And then I got to say J.D. McKissick because the Cowboys actually gave up the fourth most receiving yards per game to running backs and he had six catches last week uh, and he could get some big work. We'll see for the Lions. Uh, Debo Samuel we mentioned is a good matchup. What, do you remember Yeah. Do you remember what the, line, what the um, Cowboys were prior to last week? In terms of receiving yards per game allowed? Yeah. I don't. But this that was been, a big game from Dalvin Cook. Yeah, it's yep. two games in a row. Barkley had that big catch. Cook had a big game. And here comes J.D. J.D. McKissick. McKissick. Yeah. That's the grape nuts. That's the grape nuts of okay. the waiver. They'll have six for 19. It'll be a great, great game. 
the Raiders DST has two good matchups in a row, the Bengals and the Jets, and then all mm-hmm. those tight ends that uh, we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, all right. So, by the way, great great game last night. That was fun. Woo. Yes. It was long. Great game. Great game or fun game? I think it was a great game. I think it was. Because it was really sloppy. That's what made it, it great. I think it was fun. Like I don't know if I categorize it great. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, the fumbles. It was great defense, though. Did you, know? you enjoy yourself watching the That's game? what I'm saying. It was fun. But I don't think I did, it was yeah. like, I wouldn't say this, these are two great performances going back and forth. Well, obviously not. Nah, that's it was, true. It was a entertaining game, and, and it was certainly uh, enjoyable to watch. But to, to say, you know, like like ESPN was calling it a, a classic. I don't think that's a classic game. No. Uh, the, but it was, okay. Yeah, it was yeah. it was enjoyable. It was yeah, no, it was certainly it was fun. It was enjoyable unless you had Emmanuel Sanders. You watch this morning. I watched this morning. Yeah, did you? Adam it was great unless it was Emmanuel Sanders and you needed five points to win your game this week. Yeah, right. No, I stayed up and watched. I did fall asleep at one point, but I had it. I had it recording, so I was able to rewind. And I actually fell asleep like four times in the fourth quarter in overtime, but I kept hitting rewind. And I finished at like midnight, not long after it actually finished, maybe like twelve fifteen. But it was late. Mm-hmm. It was a late night and a long game. Even before, I feel like it was long even before regulation ended. Um, games are getting really long. This is a long games this week were crazy long. Anyway, yeah, I, I had to uh, do a post game hit for HQ, and I, I guess I was just delirious. I started talking about the 49ers uh, running game situation and their matchup this week, and apparently, um, I think they're playing the Bears because I went into this whole explanation <laughs> oh, about no. why the Bears run defense is not good. And then I got off the air and I was like, what the hell did I just say? Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Sorry I missed that. They're facing the Cardinals this week. Oh, yeah. No, no. And I had just got finished saying about Garoppolo facing the Cardinals again and Debo Samuel stepping up in place of Sanders. So it was fun. No, no, no. I, okay. So you're right because I saw something in the postgame notes. The The passing game is facing the Cardinals. The running backs are facing <laughs> the Bears right. this week. Right. All right. It's, <laughs> a, it's a flex scheduling. Flex scheduling. <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders left with injured ribs. Tyler Lockett had swelling in his leg, had to go to the hospital. Why don't he was sitting on the bench? Like, why didn't they go immediately to the hospital? But yeah, so Lockett, they got a bye. Hopefully, he's back after the bye. Matt Breida left with an ankle injury. Yeah, it is scary, but they seem sort of optimistic on Lockett. Breida, we know his deal. You heard it from Doctor Chow. He's a cyborg. He always beats expectations. But Mostert could be someone we're looking at on waivers. Um, James Conner is going to play this week, reportedly, and they're at Cleveland on Thursday. Devontae Freeman could miss about two weeks with that foot uh, foot sprain. Austin Hooper sprained MCL. So if anybody was thinking about dropping Calvin Ridley, because I know people are frustrated, do you have to hold on to Calvin Ridley with Hooper out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you don't don't drop Calvin Ridley. And Gage becomes more interesting too. Well, there are more targets to go around. Uh, Saquon mm-hmm. Barkley's playing hurt. We know that. Wayne Gallman's 14% owned. They're going into their bye. Cliff Kingsbury said David Johnson is still fighting through injuries and that he sat like him. It. Yeah, and after the fumble, they they felt better with Kenyon Drake and they just let Kenyon Drake go. So, you know, way more explosiveness and agility with Drake. What's your read on? I this rank Drake situation? ahead of David Johnson this yeah, week. Yeah, we talked about this on the show yesterday that Heath and I both uh, are also. Yeah, they're at San Francisco. Stinks. Are either of them like top twenty running backs? Uh, Drake is. I think Keep Drake her. made the cut. Yeah. Definitely in PPR. All right, Le'Veon Bell hurt his ribs. He expects to play. Ty Johnson evaluated for a concussion. Were you going to say something? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have Le'Veon Bell on our uh, video show at noon. Okay. Well, don't do anything I'll to ask his him ribs. For you. Thank you. Brandon Cooks is out this week. Jacoby Brissett could start this week. You might turn to Brissett. 
against Jacksonville. Maybe not this week, but next week at Houston. Uh, Matthew Stafford, day-to-day. We don't know. Dr. Chow is optimistic about Matthew Stafford. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, we saw, I saw week-to-week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, during the halftime last night, uh, Schefter said probably multiple weeks. All right. And then if they keep losing games, who knows if he'll if they'll bring him back. They've got nothing to play for. Dr. Chow has been absolute money this year. I hope everybody listens to that Monday episode. He has called so many things properly. Um, he's wrong sometimes for sure, but it's he's it's a guessing game. Fitzpatrick's going to start rest of season. Dwayne Haskins is going to start rest of season. What does this mean for Terry yeah. McLaurin? Yeah, Terry McLaurin. You know, you you start him this week. You see that the Jets have allowed ten touchdowns to wide receivers over their last three games, and you think to yourself, "Oh, Terry McLaurin's a can't miss." And then you see that Dwayne Haskins has attempted five deep passes all year. That's it, just five. Three were intercepted. He he's a checkdown machine. If it's a little risky to go with McLaurin, I think he can possibly break away for a score. But he's probably closer to a high-end flex than a number two receiver for me. Yeah, I'd go. I'm a little bit more optimistic. I think coming off their bye week, I'm sure they have some plays in there, some shot plays to him. You know, hopefully their rapport from college sort of starts to carry over a little bit to the NFL. So this is the week, I think, to trust McLaurin. I haven't been very high on him the last month or so, but this is a week to buy back in. Yeah. You know, if he doesn't do well this week and you were thinking about trading McLaurin, his value is going to go in the tank. You're not going to get anything. He'll be him. cut. I tried to cut. trade him in our podcast league. Our did four- you trade for him? I did. I traded Jamal Williams for McLaurin. Regretted it immediately. Wanted to cancel the trade, <laughs> but saw it went through. Um, why did you do it? I don't. You know, I honestly don't know. I I don't know why I did it. I just I clicked That's accept, and then I was like, look, it could be a good trade. I mean, Jamal Williams wasn't getting a ton of work. Um, you know, but if Aaron Jones gets hurt, it's going to be an awful trade. But I tried to trade McLaurin for Drew Brees in the podcast league, and and uh, the Drew Brees owner said no, not with Haskins starting rest of season. So I don't know. This might be if you want to trade him and you don't need him this week, this might be the time to do it. People are going, ooh, that juicy Jets matchup. Maybe he is good this week. It's fine. But if you want to get rid of him, the only thing I'll say is if he comes out and if he's good and if they worked on things in the bye week and if you know Haskins finds him does does better. He's got the Eagles and the Giants in weeks 15 and 16, so that could be good for McLovin. Uh, A.J. Green is day-to-day. Will Fuller did practice. He looks like he's going to play this week, hopefully. Uh, Patrick Peterson could play this week, whereas Marshawn Lattimore is week-to-week with a hamstring injury. And Chris Herndon, we hardly knew ye, will miss multiple weeks with injured ribs, might not play play again this season. Chris Herndon. Okay. It is game time. I totally understand. I understand if you want to throw a shoe at us because of how bad Chris Herndon turned out Who to be. Who throws a shoe? Honestly. <laughs> uh, it's game time, and it's Tully time. It's time for our top additions presented by Telemordu. Players, you should pick up off the waiver wire to help make your game time better. Top priorities at quarterback. Jamie, you said Kyle Allen against the Falcons. Who else? Um, Nick Foles is worth adding. I don't like him this week with the matchup against the Colts because they just don't give up a lot of fantasy production, but he does get Tampa Bay in week 13, Oakland in week 15, Atlanta in week 16. So if you're just looking ahead, he's not a bad option. Sam Darnold, obviously the schedule has been, has the chance to be favorable. Will he take advantage of it? You know, that's something to keep an eye on. Um, Mason Rudolph, same thing. Good schedule coming up, gets Cleveland twice in the next three weeks, including Thursday. They've given up four straight games of 20 or more fantasy points. And, he should be in that 17 to 20 range. So he's a low-end starting option this week as well. 
And then I put, I think it's five guys, um, not the restaurant, but quarterbacks, uh, four of them in a group of uh, a poop sandwich of Finley, <laughs> Haskins, Driscoll, and Brandon Allen, uh, that if you're desperate, uh, at least three of them have favorable matchups this week in terms of Finley, Haskins, and if you want to say Allen, you can. Uh, Finley gets the Raiders. They're um, second in terms of fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. Haskins gets the Jets. We know the last three games for them have been miserable. And then Allen gets the Vikings three of the last five. They've given up at least 22 or more fantasy points, 24 fantasy points or more to opposing quarterbacks. But they're clearly all risky. And then Driscoll just, I don't know if you want to trust them against the Cowboys. But if you're stuck, they're a desperate place. It's not a good week for streaming quarterbacks, is it? There's literally one good quarterback in Allen and one okay, I guess, quarterback in Darnold. Yeah, but Kyle Allen scored three fantasy points at Houston. He scored 21 at Tampa Bay, which is you'll take that from a streamer. Um, sure. You know, so I think the Falcons are going to score on them, so I think this is going to be a game that could be back and forth. And I thought he played well against I, Packers. Yeah. Like, he didn't have a great fantasy game, but I thought he played well against uh, He's Packers. playing better. No, no question. He's playing better. He's getting Curtis Samuel more involved. Um, so you got Greg Olson. Good, more yeah, and it should be another pretty good matchup for Olson. So, uh, yeah, I, I understand. He he looks good. Daniel Jones is on bye this week, and I don't know how how much you're going to want him for the next couple of weeks. But we talked about this on the show yesterday with Will and Chris. He's got Philadelphia, Miami, and Washington in the fantasy playoffs. That's Daniel Jones. So if you're looking to stash someone, there's some big upside there. Philadelphia, Miami, and Washington in weeks 14 through 16. And uh, just uh, I'll throw out some more names a little bit later. Dave, who are our top running back priorities? Brian Hill is number one with a bullet. He has a chance to be a 15-plus touch running back in Atlanta. He looked okay um, last week when he filled in for Devontae Freeman, and you saw that he scored. I think he's number one. I think Darius Geis is number two. I think he's probably a little bit more of a stash running back than somebody that you're going to just put right in the lineups right away. But there's good upside there, and... Uh, the Washington Redskins are a team that wants to run the football quite a bit. And when you watch Dwayne Haskins play, you kind of understand why. After that, I've got J.D. McKissick third. I think McKissick, just with an opportunity against Dallas to catch a lot of passes, is someone that could be mildly interesting. And then I don't really like anybody that's left. Kalen Blage is a nice matchup against Buffalo, but I don't think he's very good. Alexander Madison is always on the list just because if something happens to Dalvin Cook, he steps up. You could say the same thing about Mike Davis now that the Panthers added him. Uh, Tony Pollard in Dallas is another one. And Wayne Gallman is another one. It looks like Saquon Barkley is going to be okay and won't miss any games. He doesn't play this week. But deep leagues, Wayne Gallman could be somebody to to stash in case Saquon does suffer another significant injury and Gallman gets that easy schedule late in the year. Which reminds me, we have a Facebook contest I want to talk about. Um, if you want a t-shirt this week. You go to our Facebook group, Fantasy Football Today, and the contest this week is uh, who is going to be a league winner. And I think Wayne Gallman could be that because you could you could certainly see the Giants playing it safe with Saquon Barkley in the final couple of games of the season or something. And I think the same thing with maybe Bilal Powell, although you know it might be more of a split with the Jets, whereas Gallman would get big work as we've seen if uh, Saquon Barkley. But why out. would why would Bilal Powell play for a playoff team? <laughs> he could be their best running back as as we've seen who who else do you guys think could be league winners uh which is i want to stick with the giants 
if I could suggest yeah, a yeah. league winner. What about what about Golden Tate? We don't know when Sterling Shepard's well, going to be I back. I mean, like a waiver wire league winner. Sorry. Oh, Darius. Slayton, oh, okay. For sure. All right. I mean, then Darius Slayton look, would be the waiver wire. I mean, I, I know I was saying it all last week that I, I thought he would play well. He certainly exceeded my expectations. Um, but when they have these favorable matchups, we've seen it now. Detroit, he scored twice. The Jets, he scored twice. You know, he's somebody that, for what it's worth, and you know, uh, Pete Prisco drink said by the end of the season he could be their best receiver better than Tate just because of his downfield ability, you know? So, um, he's absolutely worth stashing for sure. Okay. I think Jacob Hollister is another one, you know, just in terms of, you know, you want to talk about league winners, um, at a thin position. We saw Will Disley play great earlier this year. We've seen now Hollister multiple touchdowns in the last two weeks. So with, uh, if Tyler Lockett's banged up, I, I think you should pick up Hollister even on a bye. Yeah. And uh, the other thing I wanted to promote, by the way, is our Apple Podcasts mailbag. Apple Podcasts, you leave us your comment on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a nice review, please. Give us five stars. Tell your friends about the show. We're going to read some tomorrow and on Saturday, as always. And we really appreciate it. It's so helpful for us, and it's it's very nice of you all to do it. And by the way, uh, I know this is a quick little aside here, but off-season episodes, for those of you that stop listening, don't stop listening. We're going to come at you with at least two a week. We've got big plans for the offseason. We don't go away. We follow you into your life throughout the entire year, into your homes, at work. We are always with you. So make sure you listen to our offseason episodes. we got seven weeks before that comes into play. All right, top wide receiver. So Brian Hill, Darius Geis, J.D. McKissick, Kalen Balazs. Uh, by the way, if you see Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis on your waiver wire, who are you picking up? Geis. Depends what you need. If you need somebody for this week, it's Peterson. Uh, if you need somebody long-term, guys. Okay. And Balazs... Lord help you. If, if you need somebody for this week off the waiver wire and you're going with AP or guys. Why? I mean, Peterson, imagine. Peterson has been... He has been. Very solid. He has been. But I just... I don't feel good starting either of those guys. Well, if 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 guys were out, I mean, Peterson's been like 76 yards or something four games in a row. He's had, he's had, over, he's he's had over 80 total yards in all four games with Bill Callahan. Right. And so... Um, and he's got... I'll, I'll go back to the same thing I said about him for the matchup against Buffalo. He was coming off a game with fresh legs because he played Thursday the week before. And I thought he'd play well. He had 100 yards a half. You know, so... Right. They're running the ball very well. No matter who the quarterback has been, the lack of receivers, he's having a... Uh, another year where he's, you know, you want to write him off, and I understand that, but he just continues to be successful. And so the reports are that he's not going to lose his starting job. It's just a matter of how many touches he's going to lose to Geis now. Yeah. And guys could guys could be the Chris Thompson replacement if Thompson's not back. We also have to, you know, have to consider the Jets, who right now have the basically best run defense in football, or at least one of them. Uh, not sure I buy it. They faced the Dolphins. Was it the Dolphins and the Giants with a banged up Barkley the last couple weeks and three offensive linemen out for the Giants at, for most of that game? So I don't know if I buy it, but they uh, since the Leonard Williams trade, this is. But they have been great. Okay. Anyway, wide receiver priorities, uh, Jamie. Who do we got? Well, it's Samuel. Now you know we'll find out exactly the extent of the injury for um, for Emmanuel Sanders. But if Debo Samuel is going to be the number one guy against the Cardinals, you, you buy into that as at least the number three receiver. Um, he had his first 100-yard game. It was it was fun to watch him perform, and he's been playing well. You know, he just hasn't had the uptick in targets. But if they're going to give him seven plus targets, that's a that's a nice situation to look at. Uh, I'll take a chance on D.D. Westbrook. You know, just with the pairing of of Foles and Westbrook, like we thought at the beginning of the season. I have Philip Dorsett ranked ahead of Westbrook for this week, but I think long term, just given the scenario of how each team is going to use their respective guys, I think Westbrook probably has a higher ceiling if he's healthy. But you could take a look at at uh, Dorsett if you need somebody for a one week situation. Um, Beasley's been, you know, has a nice floor. His ceiling doesn't typically get very high, but, 
Uh, you know, he's he's had a touchdown or, or I think 70 yards receiving in almost every game this season for the most part. Um, his PPR numbers have been right around 10 to 15 on a week-to-week basis. And then I think you look at Darius Slayton as somebody to, to pick up and stash. Same thing with A.J. Brown. You know, both guys have good opportunities to help you. I know Brown was disappointing last week, but I still think if Corey Davis is going to miss some time, then that's a good situation for A.J. Brown to have uh, have some success for you down the road. Uh, i got to be honest with you. I, I don't love the wide receivers. I feel like all of them have such a huge downside. Uh, like Depot Samuel, I think, look, if Kittle doesn't play and Sanders doesn't play, then that'd be awesome. But though it's two games in a row with seven or more targets for him, so that's really good. He had four catches for 40 yards at Arizona two weeks ago. Westbrook, you know, the Colts are not a, a no, they're they're an okay matchup. I don't know, but he. he I don't just, know if he's a he's a starter this week, but these the a lot of these guys are more stashed than start. Right. You know, that's the, kind of on, to be honest with you, the, the only two that I would feel comfortable starting would be Samuel and Dorsett. And hopefully, and Dorsett is just find, a number three receiver. Hopefully, you can find Crowder, Fuller, Christian Kirk, somebody like that. Maybe McLaurin on your waiver wire. They're not all going to be available, but maybe one of them or two of them happen to slip through. So it's Debo Samuel and D.D. Westbrook and Philip Dorsett and Cole Beasley, Darius Slayton, Slayton and A.J. Brown being more stashes. Uh, we haven't, I don't think we said Hunter Renfro, but he's been coming on lately. He's like a PPR low-end starter. Yeah, and Russell Gage had five targets last week. He didn't have a good game, but really the Falcons didn't have that good of a game. He was their leading receiver in terms of receptions. Oh, wow. Four catches. Okay. Yeah. And, and that was after seven catches the week before. So he's 1% owned. Tight ends, Dave. There really are a, a lot of them with good matchups. Now, many of those tight ends with good matchups are, are owned in a lot of leagues like Greg Olson and Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle and Jared Everett and Jason Witten and even TJ Hawkinson. But, uh, you know, so, but some of them could be available. But who are you looking at at tight end this week? Yeah. We're overlooking those guys that are pretty highly owned. I think OJ Howard is worth it. I think just the opportunity that he had last week and and the chance for him to stay involved in this offense. And yeah, you, you saw him and Ronald Jones get more work in the passing game. So that tells me that they're trying to get something going uh, in Tampa Bay to take some pressure off of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Not that we like that for fantasy purposes. We want those guys to get mega targets, but it makes sense for the Bucks to do that. And uh, yeah, he's got the Saints this week. It's not an easy matchup, but... I think you you try and buy back in. It's easy to buy back into OJ Howard now when he's on the waiver wire versus drafting him in round five and thinking that he's going to be this amazing tight end. And then he wasn't for the first half of the season. Darren Fells is number two for me just because of his involvement in Houston's offense. And Dallas Goddard is third for me against the Patriots as the second tight end. We've seen him play fairly well without um, without Deshaun Jackson on the field. And we know Deshaun's out for the year. Maybe he's that guy that just sneaks into the end zone against New England. He's kind of a, a middling streamer, not somebody that I'm super excited about on the list. And then Jacob Hollister should also be on the list if you're streaming. You can't use him this week. He's got Philadelphia the week after that. At least six targets in three of his last four games. Three touchdowns in his last two games. If, you, if you're not locked into a stud tight end, you'll carry two. You'll carry Hollister, hoping that he can be a league winner for you. And you carry one of these other tight ends who can help you out in week 11. Okay. OJ Howard, just hoping he's not going to give us the old. Fool you! Could definitely, could definitely it's entirely be a possible. situation. So think of him Think of him as a streamer with a chance for him to be a rest-of-season starter, which yeah. puts him ahead of almost everybody else. Don't, don't overlook Dwelly, though, because just in case Kittle's out once again, it's the Cardinals. Right. 
Okay, uh, DST. I, mean, I think he had seven targets in that game last night. Dwelly, did he? Oh, I know I he know. only had like three grabs. He ha- yes, he had, he had three targets, catches, three for grabs, twenty-four, 24 yards, yards, seven targets. Yeah, if you give you give any tight end seven targets against the Cardinals, it's a good shot for him to be successful. So don't overlook him. Absolutely. Is it is this a bad week for DST streaming? Um, I mean, if the Jaguars were dropped. That's a good one. You know, just if Brian Hoyer starts again, it'd be a little bit different if Brissett is out there, but you still start them. The Raiders get the Bengals, and we saw Ryan Finley have at least one pick six. And you look at the Jets, you know, again, while I think McLaurin may have a shot and Haskins should look the best that he's looked so far, it's still an inexperienced quarterback that has struggled. And so the Jets defense, not great, but Jamal Adams wrecked Daniel Jones and the Giants by himself, essentially. In week 10, he could potentially do the same thing in week 11. It's so embarrassing to have a guy just come into the backfield, rip the ball out of your hands, and run it in for a touchdown. Like, that is awful. Was that more embarrassing than the way that uh, Buckner scored last night for the 49ers, where they sacked Russell Wilson, he lost the ball, Uh, uh, Fant picked it up, and he lost the ball. Fant, excuse me. Um, Yeah, that was bad. And he lost the ball. Well, (laughs) Pete Carroll, he goes, how did that happen? Like, yeah, you that saw great. the uh, mouth <laughs> that it was so funny. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was pretty bad too. Uh, okay, so I'm thinking about like the your favorite DST would be who would it be the Jets or the Raiders or the who who would your favorite DST be? I'll take the Raiders. Yeah, I like okay. the Raiders too. It's, it's Finley. You're playing. You're playing against the quarterback. So would you start them over the Ravens against Houston? Yes. Yeah. Would you start them over? The no, you'd start the Saints against the Bucks over the Ravens, right? Nope. No. Yeah, I would. I'll take the Raiders. Well, the Ravens, yeah, I mean, the, the Bucks J- don't J- turn J- the ball James over. Is, <laughs> James is guaranteed for two. No Marshawn Lattimore. That's true. For the Saints. Yeah, they also just got embarrassed. I think that pass rush is going to be a, a problem for James. What do we talk about with the Saints defense when they're on the road? That they're not quite as good, not quite as dominant. Not this year. Look, I, I like them. I like them as a top ten DSC. I'll I'll take a defense playing against the Bengals instead. Okay, okay, great. But oh, you know what? We're gonna get into the games now. 49ers DST. I actually don't know what they finished with, but they played great. They had the touchdown. They must have had a big game. Um, but they played. They really looked good. They they were hurt by short fields. They gave up some points because of that. But um, all right, let's let's get into the games. Minnesota twenty eight and Dallas twenty four on Sunday night. Some very interesting play calling down the stretch there for the Cowboys. <laughs> Might have cost them the game, but this was a fun one. Uh, major takeaways from Minnesota, 28, Dallas, 24. Uh, I think that Kirk Cousins deserves more credit than we give him on a week-to-week basis. <laughs> you know, I mean, he played well. He did well without Adam Thielen in there, and this is going to be a, an interesting test for his fantasy production because Denver does not give up a lot of fantasy points to the opposing quarterback, so... Trust him, if you will, in that matchup. But uh, I, I think Cousins, you know, he, he sort of has uh, gotten rid of some of the demons that have haunted him in the past. You know, primetime game, road game, team with a winning record. And he uh, and no Adam Thielen. But well, yeah, without yeah, Thielen. On two touchdowns early on. Could he have a game like that against uh, in week 11? Um, I mean, 20 points. Could. 20 I, points. Wasn't great. He could. Right. He'd be, I think, what, the third or fourth quarterback to do that against the Broncos this year? <clears throat> I think it's a Dalvin Cook game. I don't he know was, how many uh, games there are Dalvin Cook games, but oh, I think for 
for Minnesota to dominate. He had 22 points, I'm sorry, because he had a two-point conversion. He finished his uh, QB9 this week, Kirk Cousins. Pretty good. Tied with good old Ryan Tannehill, just behind One Sam quarterback Rowe. has gotten to 20 points against the Broncos. That's the high, and it was Gardner Minshew. That's including matchups with Aaron Rodgers, Phillip Rivers, Patrick Mahomes for ha- at least a quarter, and <laughs> Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, they're good. They have a good defense for sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what else to take away from this game? Amari Cooper's amazing, by the way. Michael uh, Rudolph is game. Rudolph and Irv Smith are worth buying into in their respective formats when Thielen is out. I think Fair Rudolph enough. has scored in every game that Thielen has missed. Mm-hmm. So Rudolph would be good in any format then. Well, I mean, you and know, it, 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 one cat if he has one yard touchdown catch, that's not going to be great in PPR. But no, when that's he has, true. When but he had four catches against Dallas. Uh, no, no, yeah, he was he was solid. But you know, you look at Irv Smith's numbers. You know, he's just missing the touchdowns. He had four catches and five catches these last two games. Broncos have only allowed one touchdown to a tight end this year. Uh, Randall Cobb, are we buying into Randall Cobb? He's been pretty involved. Two straight games with eight targets and six catches. Didn't do much with it against the Giants, but had 106 yards and a touchdown against the Minnesota Vikings, and he'll be at Detroit next week. One of those, Dave, you would know, because I remember you brought it up last week, uh, last year. One of those uh, NFC North teams just owned Randall Cobb. He was bad against them every time. Was it the Bears or was it the was it the, no? He was dominant against the. It was Bears the, dominant against the Bears. Yeah, I think it's Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, this is the team he just did well against. Then, uh, weird. Different, anyway, different team though. Oh uh, yeah, obviously. Anyway, with Cobb uh, at Detroit, at New England, then Buffalo, then at Chicago. Any interest in him? He's nineteen percent owned. I think if you're in a PPR league, he would be maybe your third or fourth guy to go after on the waiver wire. He's he wouldn't be a huge priority. I'm thinking that this is an Ezekiel Elliott game coming up for Dallas. Going up against Should Detroit. It, I, look, Dak will have all day to throw, but I don't know how much he's going to have to throw. He's still going to be a top 12 quarterback. But I don't, I, I don't want to trust Cobb expecting him to be that involved again versus Detroit. And Jason Witten, 68% owned. Not a good game against Minnesota, but he's mm-hmm. been all right this year. And Detroit is next opponent. They've allowed a touchdown to a tight end in four straight games, 50 yards or a touchdown to a tight end in seven straight games. Would you rather have Jason Witten or O.J. Howard? Howard. I'd rather have Howard. Okay. And By the way, you were right about Cobb against the Lions. What? Well, I don't think I said he anything, but sure, one I'll touchdown in his last One touchdown in his last six against Detroit. None of them with even 60 yards receiving. I knew it. I nailed it, everybody. There you go. You knew that he was bad against one of those NFC North teams. Now, listen, I did not, the Lions. did not do well on FanDuel with my Falcons stack. And I felt a little queasy about it on Sunday morning. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do a different lineup. I'm going to do a Chiefs stack. So I took my some of the players remaining from the Falcons stack, like Jalen Samuels, who wasn't great, but a few players who did do well. And then I put them with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Damian Williams. And you know what? That worked out really well. So FanDuel is super fun. And you get to do things like that. You get to experiment. You get to play around a little bit. Figure out, hey, which team can I get good value on? Because I actually thought the, you know, the Chiefs were expensive, but still a little underpriced, a little undervalued on FanDuel in Week Ten. So I went with the Chiefs stack and uh, won a little coin on FanDuel. Play, played the Chiefs stack in two different lineups and cashed in both, or two different contests, cashed in both. These are the types of things nice. you can do. Yeah, fifty fifties tournaments. You want to play it safe. You want to go for the the home run hit. Whatever you want to do. You sign up. 
at FanDuel.com slash FFT. FanDuel.com slash FFT. You make a deposit of 20 bucks and you get 20 bucks right back. $5 per week for four weeks. Use that $5, those $5 in any type of contest you want. Or you can do 20 contests of $1 each. Whatever you want to do, there are so many different games, so many different ways to win money on FanDuel. So again, go to FanDuel.com slash FFT. Sign up now, make a $20 deposit, get five bucks in site credit every week for four weeks at FanDuel.com slash FFT. Kicker, uh, we didn't talk about kickers and IDP. You want to just throw out some real quick uh, kicker names? Sure. Um, Josh Lambeau, 31% owned. Dan Bailey, 39% owned. Lambeau gets the Colts. Bailey gets the Broncos. Both teams give up fantasy production to opposing kickers. And then uh, Mike Badgley against the Chiefs. They also give up good production to kickers. He's 45% on. The money. I'll get back to IDPs a little later, Adam. I don't have him ready yet. Matt Ioannidis. He's been really good. He is facing the Jets this week. And he's a defensive lineman. Mm. Those are not easy to come by. 20% owned. And they, he was on a buy, so I imagine pretty available. Matt Ioannidis. And, uh, yeah, let's see if there's anyone else. Like Trey Flowers for Detroit's been very good. He's 42% owned. He's on a little bit of a sack streak. Those are kind of tough to chase, but he does get after it a little bit. Uh, you know what? I'm going to avoid him, though, because he's facing Dallas. That's a bad matchup. All right, we'll try to get you some more IDPs in a little bit. San Francisco and Seattle go to overtime, and Seattle wins 27-24. And Russell Wilson now, I mean, this to me is, is Russell Wilson. Five games with 30 or more fantasy points. Five games with 15 to 19 fantasy points. And I was surprised he was only 78% started. And I know it was a tough matchup, but that usually just doesn't matter for Russell Wilson. It's about pass attempts, and he threw 34 of them and only came away with 19 fan, 18 fantasy points. So fairly surprising there. The um, bad interception at the end. Yeah, yeah, right. Yep. You know, if that's a touchdown, then he has a, he has a pretty big game. Well, forget about that just if it's not picked off. Yeah, then he's at 20. But if that's a touchdown, he's at 26. Yeah, that's sure. a big game. Um, so he's going into a bye, whatever. He's Russell Wilson. Uh, anything here? Like, I, I think big takeaway from the Seahawks is that Josh Gordon did not take DK Metcalf off the field. Metcalf had 10 targets. He had six catches for 70 yards. He almost had a touchdown and ended up being a fumble. He, I think he looks like a, just a, a rising star. But, uh, yeah, Josh he Gordon... might have to be if Lockett's out. Yeah. Gordon didn't really screw with, with Metcalf, though. That's the good news, right? Nope. Right. Nope. Yeah. He only played, like, a third of the Seahawks snap, something like that. Didn't start the game. Was behind a couple other jabronis at wide receiver, so yeah. it's a good first start for Josh Gordon, but not for fantasy. I think you got to be patient with him if you've got him stashed. What do you think about the 49ers offense right now? Jamie, How many the, games the game are we going against see, the Bears? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the running game JK. is it's it's tough to watch, and. How many times are we going to talk about Garoppolo like having so many almost stats? He had five drops go against oh, him. Oh, Kendrick Bourne killed him in this game. Yeah, Bourne was yeah he caught the touchdown, but he also was just an absolute nightmare. I think you know now the there's game, no Sanders the, and no. The, the game kind of turned a little bit for him when Sanders went out. You know, oh, he, he, the 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 offense just looked out of sync, and and not having Kittle, I, I think, is not a fair basis of what he could be. So if he gets Kittle back and Sanders back, he's worth starting against the Cardinals, as we saw. He went for four touchdowns and 36 fantasy points. If he doesn't have both those guys, it's hard to trust him. So it's just a matter of, you know, which Garoppolo's, which personnel is going to be there for Garoppolo to help him. So they also got to get their run game going again. I mean, you know, since that Panthers game, it's been a little bit of a struggle. So 
We'll see if maybe addition by subtraction, if they don't have Breida out there, do they give a little bit more work to Coleman and let him just get into a rhythm? Nope. So that's something to, <laughs> you know, maybe it's not going to happen. I, I wish it would, but yeah. it's not going to happen. I, I mean, it, it, it could. It could be, you know, 15 carries, and that would be nice to see. If Even if I told you that Breida was going to play next week, we don't know. He's he 90, he's 95% right. He's 95% owned. Is he worth owning for anything other than a Tevin Coleman injury situation? Um no, he he could be a flex yeah, in a non-PPR. Flex, okay. Especially against the Bears. <laughs> yeah, he gets the Cardinals next week except the running game is facing the Bears, passing game the rest of the team gets the Cardinals. <laughs> Uh, all right, cool. Uh, so if any, any, some people will come up in the waiver wire. Yeah, I, look, he his numbers, Garoppolo's numbers were really good before the Sanders injury, uh, but I, I, I've pretty much seen enough. I don't think he's that good of a quarterback. I, you know, he just, I don't think he's that good. Wow. I, I'm sorry. He was your guy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He I mean, was one man, of your huckleberries. Look, I, I don't, I'm not really the biggest Dak Prescott fan, but we saw Mari Cooper can really change a, a quarterback, and Emmanuel Sanders maybe will have that effect. It's unfair well, to judge I mean, him the, the last, without Kittle and the Sanders. The last time we saw him with Sanders, he was awesome. I know, I know, but I don't know. It just he doesn't really. It just doesn't do it for me. I, I I don't know if we know who he is yet. Agreed. Because there have been all these crazy circumstances. He tears his ACL last year. He has touchdowns called back earlier this year. Now he's playing three quarters of a game plus overtime without his top two targets. It's just I I I, th- I think he can be. A very good quarterback, and I think he can be a very good fantasy quarterback. But he's had all this crazy stuff happen to him that we just—I—I I, I think you're wrong for giving up on Garoppolo. I'm not giving up. I think up there's still a chance. I, I just, if you want to give up on him and for fantasy, for you know the short term, fine, I get it. But I do think he's got some real positive qualities, and he just needs some talent around him. Yeah, and it's some true. calls to go it his helps. way. All right, let's play drop or keep, and then we'll. Get back into the waiver wire here at each position. We've already given you the big priorities, but we'll tell you some more. Phillip Rivers, Kansas City this week, then a bye. Drop or keep? I'm keep keeping for this week. I'd start him this week. Mm-hmm. Me too. Mike Williams. He's going to bounce back. Same. Yeah, same thing. Frank Gore, 74% owned at Miami. Revenge game. Drop. I, you can't feel good about him. I think Singletary gets... I, I'm going right back to Devin Singletary this week as a start. So... Bye-bye, Frank Gore. All right, Kareem Hunt is 94% owned. How owned do you think he should be? At least 94%. Yeah, 100%. Okay. He had seven Hunted. catches. That was very nice. LaShawn McCoy, 82% And he looked pretty owned. good, too. You're going to see the Browns be like more run-centric. Well, like, he I, is I good. think he kickstarts the offense. Yeah, he looked good. He's good. He's, he's we weren't, like, we weren't 100%. Yeah. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, 82% owned. Drop or keep? Bye-bye. Latavius Murray... 99% owned, drop or keep? He's droppable. Keep, keep 100%. Mar goes down again. You saw what the upside is. Of course. I'm not saying you should drop him. I'm saying he's droppable, meaning if you don't have anybody else to cut and you want to pick up one of these waiver gems that we're talking about, one of these amazing Cheerios, you go ahead and do so. I would then drop whoever I picked up and picked up Latavius Murray. So you, you'll take Latavius over... Any of the guys that we've talked about. I mean, if I need Brian Hill this week, obviously not. Right. But I'd rather have Latavius Murray on my roster. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't want to cut him. I'm just saying he's droppable. Would you drop Latavius Murray for J.D. McKissick if you need a running back this week? Or for Kalen Balazs if you need a running like back Like, if, 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 if I'm in a must-win and I think it's going to be a close fantasy game, then yeah. I'd rather have Murray. You'll take the he'll, zero he'll, from Murray? He'll the only one. I don't know if it's a zero. 
It's a z- well. That's true. He could get you like two or three points, or he can get you. He 20. could score. I mean, he could score. Right. You know that's they... right. Alvin Kamara could miss the flight, and no, Latavius I... <laughs> will be there against the top defense and in, in one of the top run defenses in Tampa Bay. You're right. It's possible. But he could score. I mean, that's the thing. He's he's basically Latavius Murray at this point looks like an Alexander Madison type player, a high upside handcuff. But I mean, perfect. they had they had they had That's one fair. bad game against against the Falcons. The entire team looked like poop. It's and, true, and so it's not really fair, I think, to say that these guys are going to struggle the rest of the way. And he had he had one more carry than Alvin Kamara in that game, right? So, so there's that. Zach mm. Pascal, drop or keep? He's another one that I think is droppable. Um, he's got Jacksonville this week. Ty Hilton's going to come back soon. Is he? It's what it sounds like. Three to four week injury, and he's already two weeks in. This is week three. This will be week three. This will be right. So he was already two weeks in. So I I don't think he's a must hold. Cool. I put him in the same category as Latavius. All right, Zach Pascal. How about Jared Goff facing the Bears than the Ravens this next two games? I think he's I think you can drop Jared Goff. I don't know how anybody can feel good starting him. His the offensive only, line's bad. The only he's reason bad. to hold him is just think, and he's on the drop list here. But the only reason to hold him is they get uh, where is it? Cooks. Uh, oh, no. oh, you're looking at um, schedule. They get yeah, Arizona uh, in three weeks. Arizona, Arizona week thirteen, and then Seattle week fourteen. Yeah, uh, I don't even know if Seattle's going to go anymore. Maybe you can go back and pick him up. At yeah, yeah. No, I I think he's droppable. But again, if you're just looking at okay, do I need to drop a quarterback? Uh, or you could stash him. You know, maybe he does well in those two games. But yeah, it's uh, it's tough to say hold him at this point. Who are you I'd say starting? Same thing about Kyler Murray, I drop him too. Wow. Whoa. What? Really? Well, I'm not playing him this week against San Francisco. And then he has a bye, and then he comes off his bye, and he's got just a brutal schedule. So you need a roster spot. He's an easy one to get rid of. I mean, look at this: the Rams, Pittsburgh, right after their bye week. But does it matter? I wonder. He, he, I he wonder if he's San got a Francisco. chance. Yeah, uh, well, he didn't really uh, torch, torch store. He got the Andy Isabella 88-yard touchdown. There. Right, to like save his well, game. Well, yeah, but, with, a, he, with a torch. Yeah, no, 26 fantasy points against San Francisco. I do think that he's got a chance this week. And I, I, would wouldn't, I wouldn't Sam say that. I would Sam Darnold over him this week. I'll take Jason Rudolph over him this week. Oh, I'll take Murray. The, the 49ers just played an overtime game on Monday, and now they're playing again on Sunday. I hate that Arizona's on the road for the second week in a row. Yeah, it's going to be bad for Murray. I, I think he'll be okay. I don't love him, love him, but I think he's top 12. I would really want to do a study of two straight road games and see if this is an actual thing because I just don't think it's an actual thing. Um, but, but actually, it's a good point about Kyler Murray. If you're not going to trust him this week and then he has a bye and then the Rams and the Steelers... Yeah, there's no reason to hold him. That's he, fair. He's, he's Unless he's really emerging. You know, if he's emerging and this offense is just awesome... Which is possible, uh, yeah. But okay, I, well, I see your point. I don't know if Christian Kirk getting three touchdowns every week is something we can count on. No, but they play maybe, Tampa Bay. maybe he runs for a touchdown. Maybe Kenyon Drake catches a touchdown. Yeah. Something like I that. I think I think San Francisco is going to beat the snot out of him. I think he can get you twenty fantasy points. I actually think you're right. San Francisco is going to be pissed at the way they played against both oh, the yes. Cardinals Absol- and this absolutely. last game. Absolutely. Uh, so, so are you starting Kyle Allen over Jared Goff? Would you drop Ga- Goff for Allen? Absolutely. Yes. All right. All right, cool. Uh, Jalen Samuels, drop or keep? Keep. He's he. I th- almost think you have to lean toward keeping him at this point because we're not. We think that James Conner's going to be back. I'll tell you what. He's droppable in non PPR if you don't have James Conner because okay. let's face it, you're you're hoping that he catches a bunch of passes. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, waiver wire, we'll get right into it and uh, give you uh, all the names you need to know uh, right after this. Well, if you need more waiver wire help, you can watch HQ tonight 
at uh, eight. Sorry, Dave, seven or eight p.m. Eastern. Eight p.m. Eastern. Eight p.m. Eastern. CBS Sports HQ. Check it out. Heath and uh, Dave will give you some waiver wire advice. Forgot to ask about Fab. How much for Brian Hill? Uh, uh, what do you said, got left? I said fifteen percent tops. Oh, you did. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I mean, I wrote it. I didn't say that on the show. If you were desperate for a running back, you wouldn't go higher than that for him. I just don't or does think it feel good. like you don't want to get burned like you did with Ty Johnson? Um, I mean, that's kind of what I said for Ty Johnson too, though. So, um, but yeah, it's just who knows if they go to Kadri Allison, they go to Kenyon Barner. You know, it's just and it's it's one game that he's got a good matchup, maybe two with the other matchup against the Panthers, but Freeman could be back by then. We do have. A possibility, though, for him to catch a lot of passes with Hooper out, and then yep. they, they and throw there's also a backs. chance that Freeman gets shut down. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's start with the quarterbacks here, and uh, we'll get to the running backs. I, re- I want to talk more about Belage. If he gets 20 carries against the Bills, he really could have 30 yards in that game, and you know, you could use those <laughs> three points. But uh, no, you said 40. <laughs> he did. He could have 43 yards. It's always amazing when a guy has less yards than receptions. What do you mean? Oh, he how many how many catches? Are, <laughs> oh, less receiving yards than receptions. Yes. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, less receiving yards than receptions. Derek Carr and Jacoby Brissett are two quarterbacks who are owned in seventy to eighty percent of leagues in, on CBS. Um, and who do you like better, Carr or Brissett? Carr. Carr. Okay. Brissett does have Houston and Tampa Bay coming up, but not this week. He gets Jacksonville this week. Uh, so if they're not available, Kyle Allen, what would you take, Jacoby Brissett or Kyle Allen? Uh, if they both play this week, I'll take Kyle Allen. Yeah, same. Okay, so we like Kyle Allen, but we like Carr more than Allen, right? Sure. Or no? I'm I'm a little worried about Derek Carr having a a light work game, kind of like Kirk Cousins, but he's he's 12th for me in my rankings. I've got Carr 12, Cousins 13 as of yeah. Tuesday right. morning. Cincinnati gives up the uh, most yards per attempt. So teams do run on them, but you know, you don't have to throw that much to be good against Cincinnati. So other so Kyle Allen, Nick Foles, more of a stash, uh great matchups going forward. Sam Darnold, three straight quarterbacks to face the Redskins have scored less than 20 fantasy points. That would be Garoppolo, Cousins, and Josh Allen. All three of those threw 26 or fewer passes. So if you throw against the Redskins, you'll do well. We saw that at the beginning of the year. If you don't throw, yeah, you know, I, you're not I, do well. I went back and looked after I said I'd start Darnold over Murray. I don't have a rank that way, so I'd start Murray over Darnold. Would you still go Mason Rudolph over Murray? I don't think I have that rank though either. Okay. Uh, I think I have Kyler's Murray, moving up. Murray slightly ahead, but he's outside my top twelve. Okay. So for Mason Rudolph, you know, Jamie said seventeen to twenty fantasy point range. Nineteen or more fantasy points against Cleveland. Quarterbacks have scored nineteen or more fantasy points against Cleveland six straight weeks, but nobody's really having big games without rushing totals. So yeah, Rudolph in that seventeen to twenty point range feels right. Tannehill's on a bye, but he's been good. Ryan Finley's at Oakland. Dwayne Haskins against the Jets. The Jets have given up twenty nine or more fantasy points too. Gardner Minshew, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Daniel Jones. Combined 11 passing touchdowns, 118.8 passer rating or better for Minshew, Fitzpatrick, and Jones. Three straight weeks against the Jets. So that's what you're looking at with Haskins. You know what he is, and you, but you know what the matchup is. It's a dart. It's I guess it's just a hail mary. That's that's your quarterback for Fanduel. Could be in the big in the big tournament. Who? Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. Oh, yep. You're, if you're, that's where you take a chance on him. 
not in a must-win seasonal fantasy. I'd say Finley, too, if you're going to go that route. Yeah, Finley against Oakland, they give up the second most points. They haven't given up points to bad quarterbacks, though. And that's the kind of the difference. Right. Like, and those guys. How dare you insult Finley eyes. like that? <laughs> it's true. Uh, and Jeff Driscoll scored twenty, scored seventeen fantasy points at the Bears against the Cowboys. Brandon Allen scored twenty fantasy points in his start against the Browns, and he gets the Vikings, who really can't defend the pass that well. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, any interest in him? He's at the Rams. No. Okay. Let's go to the running backs then. So Adrian Peterson might be available. Royce Freeman at this point is Royce Freeman a flex still or just a handcuff? Better in PPR than non PPR. I think you know he had the bad game against Cleveland before their bye week, where his touches were way down. I don't know if that's a sign of things to come, but I I still think if you have an open roster spot in a shallow league, because he's not going to be available in deeper leagues, it's not a bad idea. Again, just in case something happens to Philip Lindsay, he's in that lottery ticket mode. What do you think about Tariq Cohen, 70% owned at the Rams? Christian McCaffrey had 81 receiving yards against the Rams in week one. He's the only running back with more than 35 receiving yards against the Rams. Tariq Cohen. I mean, you know what Tariq Cohen is. If he doesn't have five-plus ca- catches right. or, or a score, right. he's worthless in non-PPR. In the PPR, he's barely a flex. I originally had Cohen ahead of Montgomery in PPR, and I changed it because I just don't want to buy into Cohen. So let's go to the priority list with Brian Hill. Would you rather have Brian Hill or Carlos Hyde? Would you drop Carlos Hyde for Brian Hill? If Hyde was my only droppable player, I would do it. Yeah, that might be a PPR. It's only, I think, in a win-now situation. Correct. Because Hyde's played well. Right. He just never catches passes. But um, It's funny because he was was here on Sunday, and I asked him about that, and I said, do you ever, like, just want to be more involved in the passing game? And he's, like, a very humble guy, like, just all about the team. And he's like, you know, Duke's got to eat too. And he's like, but yeah, I think people don't realize I, I can't catch the ball. So, you know, I, I basically was like look into the camera and say, Bill, give me some catches. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just unfortunate that they don't use him more in that mode. Would you drop Duke Johnson for Brian Hill? Yeah. Okay. In a heartbeat. Would you drop Duke Johnson for Darius Geis? Yep. Yes. For J.D. McKissick? Um, unless you needed somebody in a PPR league this week. Okay. Like starting Duke over Geist this week, I would do. Would you start J.D. McKissick or Darius Geist this week? McKissick. I would start McKissick in PPR. I'd probably take a chance on Geist in non-PPR. All right, Kalen Balazs, he had 24 touches last week for 47 yards, 45 yards. Wow. Buffalo, though, they are so bad against the run right now. Man, they've allowed 11 or more fantasy points Mm -hmm. in non-PPR to a running back in four of their last five games, the one exception being the Dolphins. But in that game, Mark Walton had 14 carries for 66 yards. So I I really feel like Bellage is going to be good if he gets 20 carries. I don't I don't know why, but I do. But I but like, are they going to go away from him? He's been that bad. What do you think? It's just a matter of you know how much do they trust Miles Gaskin or Patrick Laird? And Gaskins I think had one touch, and Laird had three. It's also you know will they be in a close game, or will they be chasing points? Um, now, he did score against Buffalo when he was the third guy in the first meeting, and so I could see him falling into the end zone, but it's not going to be pretty if he doesn't score. I just I wonder how, how much more time these coaches are going to give him when he's averaging two yards per carry. Right. So going back to what Jamie just said, like at some point they're going to say, let's see what Patrick Laird can do. Let's see what Miles Gaskin can do. 
Yeah. All right. Well, let you can pick up Peyton Barber or Kalen Balaj. Who are you pick it up? It, but, uh, Barber is an interesting one because Jones didn't play after he fumbled, and Barber was the one that scored at the end. So they clearly tr- they trusted him more than Jameis. They trusted him more than Ronald Jones. You know, so in a spot where they needed to score, that's who they turned to. I'm turning to my pillow because I'm going to cry myself to sleep <laughs> if those are my only two options. So and I'm spending all my bed. fab on Brian Hill. It's it's not pretty, but I'd rather go with Balage, but I think Barber is worth a look. I can't do it. I'd I'd stick with Barber. Daryl Williams is on this list. Naeem Hines is on this list with Jordan Wilkins out. Jordan Wilkins is only getting one to three carries, four straight games. But Hines, you know, this is we're talking deep leagues here. Wayne Gallman, Hines does have four catches in three of his last, at least four catches in three of his last six games. So maybe right, a little bad. uptick in playing time helps him against the Jaguars. Uh, Jalen Richard, any interest in him? He's getting more no. involved in the passing game. But they're probably not going to trail in this game against the Bengals. What if Ty Johnson plays? Would you want to pick up Ty Johnson? No. No. Okay. Wide receivers. So the guys that could be available, we're hoping they're available. Marquise Brown, good matchup against Houston. Curtis Samuel, good matchup against the Falcons. Terry McLaurin, great matchup against the Jets. Devontae Parker, bad matchup, but he's been good. He's been 50 yards basically no matter what. He's 56 or more yards in seven of nine games, including 55 yards and a touchdown against the Bills, and that's the team he faces this week. Uh, Christian Kirk at San Francisco. They they held him to two catches for eight yards two weeks ago. So what do you think about that? That was a weird game. That was a weird, weird game. Uh, sell high on him now. Sure. Jamison Crowder, 70% owned, facing the Redskins, the Raiders, the Bengals, the Dolphins. I mean, I don't know how many times I have to say it. He's been, he was the lead receiver for two weeks in a row, and he's been productive for two weeks in a row. I, okay. I, lead receiver on our waiver wire. Hot take. He's the number one waiver wire priority if Jamison Crowder is available. Oh, for sure. Like over Brian Hill. What do you think? I'm not sure I believe that, but I'm throwing it out there. I think that comes down to what you need, but in terms of long-term appeal, based on what their schedule is, and the fact that Devontae Freeman could come back, absolutely. Yeah, Crowder's a high priority. Would you rather have him or like Curtis Samuel? I'd rather have Crowder. Mm-hmm. He's been more consistent. Better schedule. How do you feel about Will Fuller, 66% owned? Absolutely pick him up. He's worth owning, and you just got to hope you pick the right weeks to start him. What about this week at Baltimore? No, I don't think this is a good week to do it. Well, when is a good week to do it? Baltimore, the Colts, the Patriots, the Broncos, the Titans. Week 16 against Tampa Bay? Well, I mean, the Broncos, he's not going to get Harris, so that's not a bad one. That's four weeks from now. the Colts, I don't necessarily fear them for him. Yeah, the Colts are not a terrible matchup. It's hard to know, I guess, because their their secondary is so beat up for a while. But they're giving up fantasy points to wide receivers. But yeah, I mean, I look, Fuller, think, Fuller just needs one play. I think you pick him up with the idea of him being a flex yeah. at best. Yeah, he just needs one play. And his numbers would look so much better if he didn't drop those touchdowns against the Chiefs. Josh Gordon on a bye, but could be in line for more work. And he had two of the biggest catches of the game for the Seahawks. Uh, his only two catches, but they were big ones. Uh, do you, how do you feel about Robbie Anderson, 74% owned, with those great matchups coming up? He's droppable. Yeah, I, I can't trust him. Okay. He's fallen behind Demarius Thomas. So on the priority list, Debo Samuel 1, D.D. Westbrook 2, Philip Dorsett against the Eagles, uh, Cole Beasley against the Dolphins, 
those are you know both this week and stashes. And then you get like Darius Slayton and AJ Brown, who are obviously stashes as they're both on by. Demarius Thomas, Randall Cobb, Hunter Renfro, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Auden Tate against Oakland, Russell Gage, Carolina. So I, I said a lot of names, but Dave, you know, we, we talked enough, I think, about Debo and DD. Yep. Dorsett, Beasley. Like who who else do you think could be good this week or worth adding? At wide receiver? Yeah. I don't know if there's really Beasley, James Washington, Randall Cobb. We kind of talked about him already. We didn't really get into Taylor Gabriel, who's got at least six targets, two of his last three, nine or more PPR points each of his last three. Feels a little touchdown dependent or big play dependent, but if you need somebody in a bye week in a competitive league, I shouldn't say competitive league, every league's competitive, in a deep league, then he might be someone. He, he's toward the bottom of my list. He's right there with Hunter Renfro as far as PPR guys who might not kill you. Okay. Now the Saints do get the Bucks. Do you go back to Ted Ginn, who was awful, no catches on three targets? I, I can't trust him. All right. Traquan Smith's back. They're basically the same guy. <laughs> and Jared Cook got a ton of targets. Not those guys. How much do you like Philip Dorsett this week? 35% owned. He's a good number three receiver. I mean, it's a good matchup. I know the Eagles are getting better in their secondary and getting healthier, but they are still. It's Brady coming off a bye week. He's going to play well, and I think you look at what their outside receivers are. There's really nothing there. So, uh, while Sanu had the better game against the Ravens, that's to be expected because the Ravens secondary is fantastic. So they'll take some shots to Dorsett. He's not a guarantee, but if you're going to buy into matchup over the course of the season, what the Eagles have allowed, and I think it's it's worth a flyer to trust Dorsett this week. I'll take him over. Uh, obviously over Renfro, Gabriel Cobb. I'll take him over James Washington. That might be it. I, I'm going to take Dee over him. I'm going to take Beasley ahead of Dorsett. Debo, obviously, is going to be way ahead of him. Last thing on the wide receivers, like T.D. Westbrook, eight or more targets in three of his last four games, or maybe three straight games, not including the one in which he got injured. So I know that was with a different quarterback, but he, you know, he was getting more targets than Chark. Jamie, I think we have to let you go now? Yep. All right, we'll talk to Jamie. He's got to do HQ. Dave and I will finish up with the tight ends. Dave, Greg Olson, Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle, Gerald Everett, Jason Witten, TJ Hawkinson. These guys are owning 64 or more percent of leagues. Most, if not all of them, have good matchups. They're Olson, Ebron, Doyle, Everett, and Witten. Who would your and Hawkinson? Who would your three favorites be in that group? Everett would be number one. Doyle would be number two. Olson would be number three. Would you drop any of them to pick up OJ Howard? Of the three that I named, no. Yes. I would drop Hawkinson to get O.J. Howard. Would you drop Ebron? I might. Okay. I, I feel like they're basically the same dude, right? You're you're hoping that they can... You, you saw them produce, and you're hoping they you'll see them do it again. Uh, it's not... I don't think either one has a particular good matchup. Well, the Jaguars have given up a touchdown to a tight end in four of their last five games. And none of the tight okay. ends who but, caught a but touchdown. But I think that could be Doyle. That it could be. Well, who's who's starting at quarterback? Yeah, that's a good I point. Think, I kind of feel like Hoyer's got it for Doyle. Uh, well, well, Ebron had did he have twelve targets? Am I seeing that right? He had five catches for fifty some odd yards, but in the targets. last two games with Hoyer, I, I don't have the number in front of me, but I'm thinking that Doyle has like three end zone targets uh, from Hoyer. Okay. 
All right, Jed. Uh, all right, so the so OJ Howard is the top guy owned in less than sixty four percent of leagues. Darren Fells, you know, look, he he finds the end zone. He leads all tight ends in touchdowns. I think, or he did going into Sunday. I don't know if he still does. Uh, Ross Dwelly could get Arizona this week. Keep an eye on him. Jacob Hollister as a stash, six percent owned. He's been awesome the last two weeks. And Ryan Griffin, did we talk about him? He's at Washington. They we did not. Seven right. fantasy so now, points to tight ends. Now that Herndon is hurt again, Ryan Griffin has a chance to be right back in that role that he had before with the Jets. And Sam Darnold was looking for him. He had a little touchdown streak going before last week's game. And now they're getting Washington. So he's he oh. should probably be on the radar. I need to clarify something, though, because I think I, I said the wrong thing. I said that the Redskins go up the seventh most points. They give up the seventh fewest fantasy points, and they've mm-hmm. done that despite facing the Eagles, the Niners, and the Giants. So they do appear to be good against tight ends. I, but Griffin's schedule is going to be amazing after this Redskins matchup. He had 11 or more PPR points in three or four games going into last week's game against the Giants. He only had one target in the game. Herndon was back. He also barely saw action in the game. We are... Uh, I, I think you can hope for Griffin to be a, a good streamer, preferably in PPR. But who do you pick up, Ryan? Targets, do we pick up Ryan Griffin two games or Kyle before? Rudolph? Griffin or Rudolph? I think I'll probably lean toward uh, toward Griffin. Griffin, uh, well, okay, so other guys, sorry, other guys. Nick Boyle, you know, he's been more involved the last two games, and Houston's allowed mm-hmm. 50 yards or a touchdown to a tight end in four of their last five games. It's like I said, I mean, it's just so many good matchups. Tyler Eifert has had two good games in a row. He gets... Uh, Oakland. He gets, he gets Oakland, thank you. So, um, it's, uh, I'm not saying all these guys are going to be good, but you actually are going to have some decent matchups to pick at on waivers this week. And DSTs, the Jaguars, the Raiders, the Jets. the Steel- If the Steelers happen to be available, they might be my number one waiver wire priority. They've got an unbelievable schedule. I think they have an elite defense. And uh, I meant to trade the Patriots DST for the Steelers DST, but I can't do that anymore because I made a stupid transaction and I don't want to talk about it. And that's it for the show. So You, you don't want IDPs? Oh, yeah, go ahead. So, in addition to your guy, Ian Edis at defensive line, I think Jerron Reed has played well the last two weeks for Seattle now uh, that he's, he's back with the team. What? He's on a bye. I know. If you want to hold on to him, you can through the bye because defensive linemen are tough to come by. Fred Warner has stepped up in place of uh, Quan Alexander not being on the field for San Francisco. Oh, good call. I think he's he's a decent one. Atlanta's got Devondre Campbell, who's been putting up some good numbers lately. He's available in two-thirds of CBS Leagues. And a couple of defensive backs. Eric Harris with the Raiders had a huge game last week uh, against Phillip Rivers. He just had Rivers' number. But he's been playing well, and I think he's a big reason why this secondary has started to turn the corner a little bit, and he's out there in over 90% of leagues. Nick Needham of the Miami Dolphins has been putting up a lot of tackles lately. Nine tackles against the Jets, six against the Colts. He had a bunch of passes defensed against Indianapolis. He's available in 100% of leagues. So he's out there if you're looking for somebody at defensive back. If you need him. Aha. Mm-hmm. And then two other ones that are that are mildly interesting. Jamel Dean with Tampa Bay. He's been given a chance to play. Mike Hughes with the Vikings. He's been getting some tackles lately. Both those guys available in over 99% of CBS leagues. Well, I had fun today. Thank you, everybody. 
We will talk to you tomorrow. We're going to play some games tomorrow. We'll do the feud or Jeopardy or something. It'll be fun. So until then, I'm Adam. He's Dave uh, and Jamie. Nah. 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 Nah.